Thank you for joining us on the inaugural Worship as One podcast. My name is Jordan LeBlanc, and with me every week from here until eternity, they've signed the contract, are my good friends Don Curry to my left and Jesse Brooks to my right. Gentlemen, introduce yourself. Tell us a little about who you are and why you're here. All right, I'll go first. Hey, I'm Jesse Brooks, lead pastor at the Plattsburgh House of Prayer. Uh, And uh, we're a church that uh, loves people and loves our community like every good church should. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I was born and raised here in this area and God's really put a call in my life to reach this area. And and I think that's what we all want to do together. And I think that's what unites our hearts. So uh, that's a little bit about me. My name is uh, Don Curry. I'm from lived in the North Country my whole life, and we we planted a church and uh, started September of 2016, and so it's about three and a half years right now. And when I first came to Plattsburgh, I joined uh, these hooligan these prayer hooligans here, and um, and a couple others, and we just have since that time continued to connect trying to do pray weekly and really try to find out what is the heart of God for the capital C church in the Plattsburgh and Champlain Valley area. Mm-hmm. So that's what's brought us together basically. Yes, absolutely. And uh, like I said, my name is Jordan. We are, um, I, my wife and I are an American Canadian duo. I am the Canadian. So I was born and raised um, outside of this country, but was brought uh, to the North Country about four years ago and uh, almost immediately connected uh, with these fine gentlemen. Um, and we found a lot of camaraderie, uh, particularly in uh, the world of prayer and a passion for uh, seeing the Big C Church uh, come together and um, become more together than we could ever be apart. Right. Um, so I think that's the big thing that, that we want to convey in this in this initial episode is talking about the why. Why, number one, why are we here? Why are we together around this table? If you're watching, we're, uh, you see we're around the table. If you're listening, uh, we are around a table right now, uh, social distancing. It's a six-foot table. Uh, but uh, but we, we want to talk about why this is so important to us. If you've ever met us, uh, you know that one of the big talking points that we tend to go to together um, and separately is this idea of, of Christian unity, unity between churches from different uh, perspectives, from different traditions. Uh, and so I want to maybe just throw it out there uh, for us to share a little bit about our journey in discovering the concept of unity um, and why it's important to us. Uh, so let's throw it out there. Either of you guys can start. Yeah, really. Uh, I think it really started. I was actually in ministry before I think the idea of unity really hit home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about unity and wanting unity uh, even in ministry, but sometimes we're not really going after it or if it's not part of our heartbeat. Uh, and I know I was in ministry where God really began to speak to my heart saying my success wasn't God's kingdom success. Uh, and really God brought me to a place of, of understanding that the church needs to be successful, not one church. Uh, and it doesn't honor God for one church to be successful. What honors God is the people of God, the churches in this region being successful in, in, you know, furthering God's kingdom. So it was kind of from that point that I really, it really became a part of my heartbeat of, Hey, we need to really connect with other churches. So the church of God flourishes, not just my church. And I guess it broadened my view really of what's really important is, you know, is my own little kingdom 
what I'm trying to build, is that important to me or, or is there something bigger and beyond me or even beyond our church that God is doing in this area? Uh, so, and I think, like I said, it, it changed how I, I viewed other churches. It changed what we do with our finances. It changed how we minister and, and talk about God in this area rather than just our church being what's furthering the gospel, but rather the churches in this region furthering the gospel, uh, and bringing glory to Jesus Christ. So, uh, and I would say that's kind of the heartbeat of, of why I want to, uh, you know, grab a hold of unity, grab a hold of uh, other pastors and other churches and say, hey, what can we do for God reaching this area, this region, which is important. And we've actually kicked around the expression, we want to be kingdom churches, mm-hmm. not a church kingdom. And it kind of summarizes what you just said, that our objective is supposed to be the objective of heaven, that what drives us is is the purpose of God, which is his kingdom being extended mm. and the church being an instrument to extend the kingdom. Yeah. And so if, and and let's be honest that there are, there are some expressions where it seems like the church is more important than the kingdom. Mm. And so we want to, we want to orient our whole lives around being kingdom churches. And so for me, the journey began actually in my conversion experience was I was uh, raised in a religious tradition. I had no concept of personal friendship with God, relationship with the Lord. And then when I actually received him as my personal Lord and savior and this, this I felt enlightened and this incredible experience happened. I had um, what I would call a vision uh, and it, I saw the churches coming together in Northern New York state and just mm-hmm. coming together. And it was, it was not about uniformity. It was about unity with diversity. It wasn't about, you know, having the same kind of expression of grace. It was about all the expressions of grace reaching the people that God had called them to reach. And it was, for me, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as unity and revival because I was a <laughs> biblical illiterate. And so it, it, it's kind of grounded me, but now I'm not saying I got the message <laughs> because I, w- I, I am as self-motivated as a basic human can be. Yeah. But over time, when God grinds you, you realize it's not about what I do, it's about what he's doing. Yeah. And so trying to align our lives with um, with kingdom purpose and not just personal agendas. Right. And that's kind of what we're doing together. And for me, before coming to Plattsburgh, there was a, a radical experience that happened in Messina where I was for the last 30 years and where there was a lot of... Um, a lot of animosity and churches weren't really talking yeah. or getting along. And I felt the Holy Spirit told me, I have to ask all the pastors for forgiveness, not even, I said, I kind of thought that was the devil. So get behind me, <laughs> devil. But it wasn't, it was me. Right. It was my pride. Yeah. So I ended up, call, we contacted every church in the city and the community. And we came, to, only five churches came together, but came together and I asked forgiveness. And from that moment, we began to pray together after I asked forgiveness and they picked their jaws up off the floor. <laughs> um, and we began a friendship yeah. based on that. And it, it, it prospered and things changed in the community. And so I realized, you know what? God, please help me stay focused on kingdom churches and not have a, a church kingdom. Yeah. Absolutely. I know for me, like you, you talk about that. And I know um, the, the idea of unity started in my life as a teenager to a degree, because I remember noticing the level that it's almost bred within us, even as a, as a teenager, that there's competition between churches. Um, I, as a, as a teenager, I, uh, grew up as a Wesleyan, um, and I still am a Wesleyan, 
But I had friends that went to a United Baptist Church, that went to a, a Pentecostal Church, Assemblies of God, and I wanted to go to all of the youth groups. And I remember being told, no, you're a Wesleyan. You go to the Wesleyan youth group and you let the, them go to theirs. And, and the, it's not that they're bad, but there should be no intersection because if you if they win, we lose. And if right. we win, right. that that That's and so I think it started kind of me down this path of wondering, are we are we engaging with the idea that that in order for us to win, they have to lose. And and I think it's so important for us to re re engage with the understanding of of this the the harvest that that Christ is preparing right. is not a finite resource right and that the 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 fields are white and we the harvest is great but the workers are few mm-hmm. and it could be so easy to squabble over table scraps not that right. not that I believe my church or our churches are table scraps but you know yeah. what I mean like it to compared to the the greater Clinton County even with the 80,000 right. people in Clinton County yeah. um, we can squabble over who's attending my church and who's attending your right. church um, but there is something greater and I think together we can do more than we could separately. Yeah, I think you mentioned the winners and losers. And one of the things uh, that stood out to me was uh, the idea that this is, it sounds like God, right? Uh, I guess it would be kind of man's way of thinking that if I win, then somebody else is losing. And if I'm losing, somebody else is winning. But what God calls us to do is actually humble ourselves. Mm. And in doing that, there's a blessing that God releases. Mm. And and I think sometimes we we don't realize that even in churches, even though we have the Bible in front of us, and even though we study God's ways and and we're pursuing to follow his ways, Mm. that mentality often gets buried that, man, if if I really submit my full life and even my ministry or the ministry or the church to to God, Mm. that he's going to bless it. You know, rather than me trying to make That's it good. to make it successful. See, I've, I've thought I, part of it was a conversation Jesse brought up years ago that if 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 my only my church is successful, the church is unsuccessful. Yes. The capital C church. Yeah. And so I remember when I had this conversation with these pastors a few years back in Messina. I, one of the things that I, I shared is that. When the Holy Spirit actually comes to a region, mm-hmm. um, there's this the 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 the, the the presence rises and every boat rises like a tide. Mm. The tides yes. should bring every boat up, not just one or two. Yeah. And so if if we're praying together for the Holy Spirit to have his way in our community, our region, then it will bless every single gospel preaching mm. Christ-centered church. And that is that needs to be our focus all the time. Yeah. Because if one's successful, then mm-hmm. we're n- together we're not successful, mm. yeah. which is unfortunate. That's been the way too often. Absolutely. Well, and I think that brings us to a good conversational point of uh, one of the rallying cries that we've had um, as we've been engaging. And, and it's not just us, but um, we've been, I guess, the, the, the thread that has been throughout this uh, this unity movement has been um, I am, you know, we are from different traditions. Um, particularly me in comparison to, to you guys. You, you guys are a little more on the charismatic end yep. um, of the spectrum, if you will. Right. Um, Wesleyans tend to be quite a bit more reserved and b- very proud of that. Um, 
But I think the thing that really has been uniting us together is is unity in the things that matter and diversity in yes. uh, in what doesn't, but right. not allowing us to major in the minors exactly. or minor in the majors. Yes. Um, so I I think it's in, in it's important for us um, as Christians and as church leaders to model yes. um, to model that. It's okay to be different. You know, Paul talks a lot about, you know, the body can't yes. be uniform. It has to have different parts, but you cannot begin to pretend like you don't need each other or that you right. cannot work together because you're different. Yep. And I think that's something important that we need to, uh, we need to keep going um, in, in this region. And, and as we continue to seek yes. to, to reach Plattsburgh, uh, because I know, Don, you've talked about uh, for years. In fact, anyone that knows Don from Messina will tell you if anyone was going to tell was going to ask what his rallying cry is, it's John 17. Yeah, um, and and so I know that's something that's very close to your heart is is the the unity of believers so that the world may know. Yeah, and that's that's a profound thought because the the reason churches exist is to extend the kingdom, which means bringing people into a personal relationship with the king. Yes, you know the story of John chapter three when when Nicodemus Nick at night asked the question, you know. Um, you couldn't do these things, Jesus, unless God's <laughs> with you. Christ goes right by the question rather than validate himself. He says, we can't see the kingdom unless we have a relationship with God. So we're born again mm. or have this, this, this connection with the spirit of God. And so he says it again, you can't enter the kingdom unless you have this connection, this being born again. And so what we're to be involved in is to help people find faith in Christ. And so Jesus kind of gave us a formula, if you will, which having my background, I kind of like formulas <laughs> in that that you can actually, one plus one does equal two in every race, every, every region, every nation. And that is this, that Jesus said in John 17, the final evening before his betrayal and arrest, his final prayer, the longest prayer of the Bible that he prayed was that, Father, that they may be one as we are one so that the world might believe. Mm. And he, it's so interesting, he says it again, Father, that they may be one as we are one so that the world might know. He mm. kicks it up a notch, like yeah. that emerald, that old cook. He kicks it up from believing <laughs> to knowing that you actually have an intimate, personal connection with God. That's, it's not going to be better preaching, mm -hmm. better worship services, mm -hmm. and bigger churches. Yep. It's going to be the reality that we be, actually become one, which always requires laying down your life. Because mm -hmm. it's not about unity, it's about love and the fruit or the, or the gift God gives is unity. Yeah. So if we actually love one another, he will give us the grace or the gift of unity. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think that brings up Jesse. You were talking about humility. Yes. Um, I think that's a, a massive, uh, a massive part of this because I think yes, um, there's there's always going to be limitations to unity when there is pride in the way. Um, <laughs> and and I know as as leaders who who want to see our churches do well i mean i i, I don't know a single pastor that don't want to see their their congregations expand and grow yeah. and pe their people mature and 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 be discipled and to see um to see personal and organizational success um but a lot of times that can be kind of the double-edged sword that right. that causes you to to push away other people and almost not just be wary, but almost be um, suspicious right. of anybody that would suggest that instead of 
instead of building a bigger barn, uh, like Jesus' parable says, right. um, instead uh, to allow there to be overflow to give to others um, rather than try to build your own bigger barn. In Canada, we call that the Tim Hortons model. Um, in, 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 Tim, in Canada, Tim Hortons is amazing. Um, I've, I've been told, now that I'm a coffee snob, um, I've been told, or I tell people, like I've been told, like how can you be a Canadian and, and Tim Hortons isn't your main go-to? And I said, here's the thing. When I want good coffee, I get locally sourced, uh, fresh roasted coffee. When I want a taste of nostalgia, yeah. I drink Tim Hortons yeah. uh, because I not not to I don't want to get any anybody reaching out for slanderous purposes, um, but I don't think anybody's confusing Tim Hortons with with great coffee, but right. it tastes like home. Right. But back home, um, you will not see a mega Tim Hortons. What right. what will happen? I mean, it's not even a matter. Um, of of uh, in in the states we don't even really understand the the level of success that Tim Hortons has had in Canada. Um, there are there are like the city of Plattsburgh or the Plattsburgh region um, would have like half a dozen Tim Hortons if we, it was in Canada. Um, and so you don't see any large Tim Hortons restaurants. It it grows to a certain point and then it it replicates in another part of town. And so the, the goal is for them all to win. And I think it's easy to say, it's easy to see ourselves as, as separate franchises. Like, oh, well, you're Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, well, you're, I literally can only think of two coffee chains. Uh, you're Starbucks and I'm Tim Hortons. Um, and never the twain shall meet. I can't, I can't open up, I can't allow uh, a... Uh, at, at Starbucks to open up too close to my Tim Hortons because you're going to take right. customers from me and you're going to take customers from me. But the reality is different, different Tim Hortons. They're, they're not even necessarily identical because um, right. prices and participation may vary if you ever look at the fine print. Um, but the important things are the same. There is some, right. some, uh, some room for, um, there's some room for uniqueness yeah. um, from franchise to franchise in, in a sense, which is a terrible metaphor. I get that. But at the same time, just the re the reality of we are not in competition together. Right. Uh, we are not against one another. And when one of us wins, the other one doesn't lose. Yeah, one of us you, wins, we all win. Exactly. <laughs> you can get the community hooked on coffee, but everyone wins, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the idea. As I as I'm drinking my coffee. <laughs> and we can use that same metaphor. If we can get our community hooked on Jesus, we're all going to be successful. Right. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we we truly believe that Jesus is life altering, um, is, is world shattering. And if we truly believe that your win is my win, no question. Uh, and my win is your win. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's taken a lot. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, and I think that's, I think we can all be, um, I think we can all be honest around this table, but it has taken a paradigm shift even in this relationship that I've, on average, I meet with these guys once a week right. at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, some weeks it's more, some weeks it's less, but on average we meet yeah. about once a week. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've gone deep with each other. We've cried yeah. with each other. We pray with each other. Um, but part of, part of the challenge has been it's even taken a paradigm shift um, for myself to come to terms with what this means in my own life right. and, and breaking down some of those cultural, those cultural assumptions that I have had 
um, to even break that down. And that's with a, a deep and deepening relationship um, a, among relatively like-minded uh, individuals right. to to be able to say, listen, I need to rethink what I see as ministry success um, or just the relationship between our churches. Yes. I, I, I would say that um, the plane has landed that you know, success should not be the main driver. Mm. Well, how we how we measure success yes. anyway? Yes, because success in a, in a human perspective is, as they say, it's you know budgets and buildings and butts in a chair. Yep, but yep. that is not. <laughs> That's all out the he's window. A good, he's a good preacher. He got, <laughs> has the three Bs yeah, of, of but church is, success. That is not <laughs> success. Is people coming into relationship with Christ and growing in that relationship? So I actually have come to the conclusion. I am. I will never be successful without friends like these guys. Mm. If we're not connecting as a as a as in part of part of the harvest mechanism in the region, then no one's successful. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the pr- to gather under Christ's prayer that they may be one, mm. predicate on they love one another yeah. as we are one, then the world will believe and know. So if that is if that can be a driver, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Because let's let's you know the definition of insanity, keep doing the same <laughs> thing, expect different results. Yeah. We've been there, got everyone's got the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Let's let's burn the t-shirts. Let's start fresh. Yeah. Let's think, let's reimagine what the future could be like if we actually, first of all, love one another with sacrificial hearts mm. and 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 become friends. Yeah. Just love one another. Mm. And that's what the goal actually of our of even this podcast is to try to, to put on display what we feel God has put in our hearts. Yeah. And let him do the rest. Absolutely. And help and help one another in that process. Like even this digital setup, we're at Jordan's church because he's the young buck. And uh, <laughs> we may be changing locations. I don't know. But the idea is he's helped me immensely. Yeah. And we're and we need each other if we're going to actually present Christ in a believable way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that brings I think that brings up a an interesting um an interesting idea this this idea of lone wolf syndrome um within within our world in general i mean we obviously as americans uh north americans um i plan on becoming an american trust me (laughs) this the time will come uh and his deed arrives. you haven't said a Uh, once i'm pretty impressed (laughs) (laughs) no doubt about it um but but in in American or North American or really in the industrialized world, the idea of individuality and and independence yes. is is something that we trumpet and triumph. No um, and I think there's something to be said for we don't need anybody else. I I have had conversations with people to try to help them understand um, the reason that church is needed because, and I think if nothing else, this COVID nineteen uh, world that we live in has really awakened in a lot of people that maybe it was dormant and uh, reminded them of their need for others right. um, and their need for community and relationship. And I, I think that was a little bit of that, yeah. the, the impetus for us to develop new strategies and new ways of right. talking about relationship um, in all of this is, is saying, you know, we are we are committed to uh to one another and we are not doing this alone we refuse to do this right alone mm-hmm. you know jordan brought up initially the ultimate metaphor from scripture is the human body 
mm. that the eye doesn't say to the hand, I have no need of you, or, or the ear doesn't say to the foot, I have no need of you. Though they are profoundly different, who would want a body that's one big eye? <laughs> now that's weird yeah. or just a foot. And that is, Paul is drilling this home that even the parts that we don't see that aren't really recognized are more needful than the parts that are seen. Mm. So even like us being here today, we're kind of the, the faces of our churches, right. but the ones that no one will ever see are more important than us yes. because they're actually like right now, there's people that I know in our, in our body that are serving people in the community because that's what they feel called to do. Right. And that's, that's who they are. And I'm, I know that we have different distinctives, if I can use that expression, yeah. different emphases, but we're, the, we're part of the same body. Yeah. And I think I've shared with these guys before, I'm sure, that uh, in uh, uh, the 30 years war that ravaged Europe you know, s- several centuries ago, it's, it's believed one of the reasons it came to an end of all this fighting with Christians was that Rupert, Rupertus Melanti said something like this. He said, in the essentials, mm. unity. In the non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Mm. That love would be the driver. And it's said that that philosophy filtered down, not just to, to the preachers, but to the people. Mm. And why are we picking up arms against one another? Why are we fighting? That right. the, the, There's one good word, capital C church, right. but there's another capital C, it's called competition that you brought up. Mm. That's not good. Right. Why are we insisting on that when all things should be charity? Mm. So God help us, help me, yeah. that yeah. we can actually live this way. Yep. There's a quote from Mr. T that says, I pity the fool. Uh, <laughs> so why be a fool and grab onto the things or try to hold on to the things that are not going to make you successful in the kingdom? And I just wanted to throw a quote in there. Uh, <laughs> I know things too, you guys. <laughs> but no, I think, and I mean, you come, bringing it back, I mean, I, I realize that this COVID world is so, is just so relevant right now. Um, but I, I feel like I've been reminded, I'm reminding myself of just how much we have the need for charity for one another or grace for one another because because I think when you don't understand something, um, and and that can be true in church traditions because um, there are elements of each of our churches that I'm sure we look at each other and think, why do you do that? Why are you doing that? I don't understand your reasoning, but okay. Um, and, and I think, you know, and that's true in the wider world when we look around yeah. and there are people that take positions um, on the virus, on reopening, on closing, on the right. economy, on lives, on safety, on all of these things. And we have this intersection of, of beliefs, especially on social media, that that we don't understand one another. And so our instead of offering grace and charity and compassion, um, because everyone's afraid and everyone's anxious and everyone's uh, right. nervous, um, we we tend to offer judgment and and try to correct, and I think one of the things that the church needs to be on the forefront of, and I think this is part of what we as a as a group have started to develop naturally, is just is just having that overwhelming overflow of love and grace and charity for one another as we figure this out, as we figure out Good. and understanding our our. Our perspectives, our, um, our our background, our influences. In fact, this morning uh, we were having a conversation about a a 
passage from scripture yeah. that all three of us had a different perspective on it True. and <laughs> and we all we all saw it from different lenses um and and uh, it's first kings 19 for those of you that want to go look it up it's elijah um retreating after a, a massive victory yeah. and he's feeling just such low levels of defeat and and so we're each we're each and I'm not going to get into the why or what, but right. the the reality of we all saw it differently. Right. Um, but number one, we recognize that none of our perspectives are wrong because we're in each in different uh, seasons in our churches, seasons yeah. in our personal lives. Um, and so we could get into a place where we would say, well, Don, you're wrong. And, and you know, Don and I probably had the most divergent takes on that. Um, but but it's. It's also recognized that Don's in a different season of life and God is working on different things in Don's life than he is right. in mine and then he is in Jesse's because Jesse had a bit of a different take too yes. that diverged from both of ours. Yep. Um, but reflecting on that, that was that was a microcosm of what it is. This is, this is a what you're saying is so massive because one of the um, mechanisms to to demonstrate love is when you truly listen. Mm. When you listen without judgment, when you listen without criticism, mm. when you actually can, and how we can all say this, that we love speaking to people that actually hear us mm -hmm. and don't, aren't just waiting for us to stop and so we can, they can add their opinion. Right. And I, I, I try hard. I'm not good at this. <laughs> I want to learn how to listen as if you're the only person in the world. Yeah. And that demonstrates love. I think like when Jesus stops for a drink of water, I mean, he's tired. It says he's just yep. weary. And he meets a woman at the well. Mm. She was going like as any other day, but her life was transformed because a person listened and actually heard her heart. And the church, we're so insecure as leaders, <laughs> we can't hear different opinion. I so appreciated what, I can say this, what your opinions mean to me now. Like Jordan pulled out the commentary, which mm. is really good, but you're a commentary. Right. You changed my life. You added color mm. to what I understood. My gosh, we need this, yeah. right? Because diversity is so healthy. Yes. Um, look at creation. My yeah. God. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's maybe can we take a moment to talk about the difference between unity and cooperation for a moment, uh, because I think this this really all good. feeds into really good. Um, to that. Because I think one of the rallying cries that we've had. Um, is that we don't want to just cooperate. We yes. don't want to just say, let's do an event together. Right. Because um, this this worship as one concept came out of a, let's cooperate to do a, a service. Right. Um, let's yep. do a worship service together, which is amazing. Yep. Um, and I, it's something that, that post-COVID we're hoping to do again. Lord yes. yes. Um, but we want maybe to- Maybe before then we should try it. Maybe. That would be interesting. Huh. Um, I mean, this is this is- a little bit of a service, right? And yeah. I'm worshiping. I do air guitar really well. All right. So if anybody can give me a beat. I'm not a great air guitar player. However, I am an air drummer. So look at that. We're already forming a band. But I think, um, you know, if if our unity is limited to um, to just those events, um, it, it doesn't, I, for me, it doesn't go far enough. So I'd love to hear from you guys kind of what your perspective has been on moving beyond, um, cooperation into true unity, what that looks like. Yeah. What I, I was actually going to turn it over to you because you say something that's really important that the kingdom of God moves at the speed of relationship, relationship. <laughs> and I love that. That's a really to Don point. Curry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> TMC. I'm sure I stole somebody. So <laughs> there's no new thing under the sun, but what, 
Jordan's bringing up a great point, great moderating, by the way, because um, like a Billy Graham crusade comes to a community and I've seen it happen like where I was for a number of years, mm. went to Potsdam and churches really cooperated. Yeah. When, it was, uh, when it was all done, we went back to our little shelters, Scurry like away. sheltering in place, kind of <laughs> doing our own thing. And we forgot about what God did to, in, the, in the region. And that's one thing that's almost anathema to the Bible. Mm. The Bible is that we're supposed to embrace unity. And one of the fruits of unity is, is cooperation. Mm. And so that's not it's a bad thing. It's just that because the motivation is that we don't win unless he wins. Mm. If that can drive us, I think that could help us even in our cooperation. Yeah, and um, and actually, there's a great book about this called "Unity in the Spirit" written by Ruth, Dr. Ruth Rubel, and she actually the focus of the book is what is the difference between simply cooperation and love that produces unity, ah. which is really healthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I think. Um, I think you've got kind of the two tracks that run there. You've got the the foundation of it because if the foundation of cooperation is an event or, or uh, an outcome, right? Um, then you're... It, it's going to be limited. Or just to... public demonstration. <laughs> we got it together. We're, yeah. we're unified. Look at no, us. No, we're not. <laughs> right. Well, I guess it is unity at some level. Sure. But it's not what Christ prayed for. Sure. <laughs> well, and that's only going to last as long as we continue. There's it. an event. Good point. That's really good. Uh, and, and that's... That can be that can be the the foundation of it. But what we found um, is is when we started getting together, the relationship was first and foremost. And I think that's worth yes. I think that's worth maybe having a conversation about about relationship and intentionality. Um, really because good. I think that's been um, that's really good. <laughs> that's been a real important part because when when you talk about relationship, unity doesn't just happen by accident. And and so maybe I, I'd love to hear Jesse. Jesse, we're 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 uh, running over you, rough shot sometimes. So I I, I don't I want to make sure. But like talking about the the because you were one of the first in the group that kind of became this. We've we've had different members come and go. Um, but I think the draw that started this group was the desire for relationship and that the, the love came out of it. And then the, then the cooperation came out of that. Um, so what is, what is, yeah. Your- uh, I mean, we, we started getting together cause we just knew we needed each other as pastors. Right. Uh, we needed to be able to come together to pray for one another, to express our, our hurts, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even fears, uh, and, and have people that understand what we're going through right. kind of come around us and, and yep. encourage us, strengthen us and build us up. And I recognized I needed that in my life severely. Uh, so I think <clears throat> that was the driving force behind us getting together. Four years ago, was it now? Something like that? Yeah, a little more than because you guys started meeting before I moved here in June of 2016. Okay, so, so a little it would over, have been about yeah, five yeah. Or a little more. Yeah, five years because I think it was about a year before. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. so yeah, so we started building relationships, and and it's really good because it was building that relationship that produced unity, and then out of unity became cooperation, cooperation. and and I think that's kind of the the motto. But but relate like I said, you know, relationship uh, is the most important thing. Right. Uh, for to get to cooperation Uh, and it takes it takes us even in relationship getting over fears Mm -hmm. of do you know what I mean even in unity because someone can want unity 
and, and you think maybe unity for them is easy. No, they've still got fears that they got to get over right. uh, and they got to push through right. and they got to be able to open up and, and trust right. someone else and, and love someone else. Yes. Uh, so uh, I think it was birthed out of that need for relationship that's kind of brought us to this place of, of cooperation. I remember being at the, praying in the First Baptist Church years yep. ago when we first started, and we're just gathering for a prayer, and I hope I'm, we'll edit it out if it's, <laughs> but one of the, that's easy for him the, to na- say. the nails for me in that these guys really mean business is that there was a weeping moment some one of us going through a difficult time or several of us and jordan actually made the comment he said if it weren't for you guys i'm not sure i'd still be here Mm. because the calling is real Mm -hmm. the appointment is real the anointing's real but without relationship i can't continue in the capacity because i need you guys and for me it's like okay this is real (laughs) because it was so sincere it was bedrock Mm. and that's where i think we're He's asking us to live, mm-hmm. to not live in some sheltered place of self-protection, mm-hmm. but that I'm willing to be vulnerable with you as the Lord opens up our hearts to each one another. And so unity requires, or love requires vulnerability, like in a marriage. Mm-hmm. There's no marriage without vulnerability. Yeah. Well, and I'd say just kind of picking up on that thread, because I, I remember that day very clearly. That was a um, profound day. It, it was. Um, and and I think that was a, yeah. a moment um, where, I mean, in life you, you go through difficult seasons, times, yes, difficult yes. seasons. And, and I think, you know, in that time, it's not that I didn't have a support system, uh, you know, within my church, like I'm very blessed in that regard. Um, and, and I think, I think the three of us would agree with that. We've, we've all been blessed there. Um, but there's, there had been this development that had happened with this coalescence around the, the three or four of us that had yes. been meeting at the time. Um, that we started getting real, real, uh, and and it was it was just this this recognition for me that I I don't know that I'd ever had that before. Um, I don't know that I'd ever had a group of people that I could be not just real with but raw with, and f- so for me it was a. I didn't feel like I had to hold it, hold back, or 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 pretend. I guess that everything was okay, right. um, and I didn't just have to give. You know, the if you've grown up in the church, or you spent a lot of time in churches. Um, I didn't have to give the unspoken, uh, right. the unspoken prayer request, guys. I just need prayer, but I can't tell you exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, you know, we're, we're guarded with certain people at certain times. And, and I get that. And sometimes it's necessary. It's not bad to be guarded. It's not inherently bad to be guarded. But it, that it was a kind of a season where I had been struggling um, and I had been looking for something deeper than just guys I can give surface level answers to and have surface level, surface level prayer with. Um, and it kind of moved beyond that to say I... I have to take a leap of faith to a degree. Um, I have to, it is, it is. is. And, and there's a reality where that leap of faith could mean that I get hurt. And I have been hurt. I have, I've had not in this, not in this group, um, but I've had in the past, I've had my trust betrayed. Um, And so it's, and, and so it's, it's finding people that are, 
are willing to take that journey. And I mean, it took right. several months, if not a year, before we came to that yeah. come to Jesus yeah. moment. True. But I think that was it, it took the the developing of relationship and it took intentionality. It took saying we are going to carve out this time. Yes. Yeah. I think we will do this. I think that's good being intentional uh, because when you first start, there's other things that you could be doing and there might be even other things you'd rather be doing. (laughs) But the truth is, if you don't, if you aren't intentional about carving out that time, it will never happen. And I I think that's where we fail many times in in anything. And maybe that's even in unity Mm -hmm. is we're not taking the time that it, it is going to take in order to build unity or relationship. Uh, yeah, Jesse, when you said kingdom moves at the speed of relationship, it just doesn't just mean you, you really hear one or listen, but you actually give time. Mm. Because mm. there's nothing that like our spouses want more, which is so right, or we need more yep. than time. And because of our vocation, sometimes there's a million things you could do, yes. but you must prioritize. And time is for me, one of the greatest commodities a person could ever give me. Mm. Because time's everything, because you only get so much of it. You can't save time, people say that expression. Yeah. You can't put time in a bucket mm-hmm. or, or, or savings account. Time keeps fleeting. So when a person gives their time, it's everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've tried to do, to, to carve that out no matter what. And that's a, that is a practical demonstration of love. And to kick off your, 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 your thought of relationship intimacy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> So we're talking about yeah. in a sense that there's no procreation without intimacy in a marriage. Sure. Without without intimacy, there's no offspring. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking, Jesus is a genius. Like mm-hmm. the, the eternal consciousness is so <laughs> wise beyond. He was talking about. Unbelievable, <laughs> yeah. He's so, like he knows if you guys really get together and become and love one another, mm-hmm. that will birth something that's mm. unstoppable. And that's what we're praying for, we're believing for. And our self-interest and our insecurities prevent that Yes. too often. Don't hit the table. Yeah. <laughs> My wife says, that's, don't hit me, you talk. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. I can't stop. <laughs> we'll have to tie up your hands. We'll see. But no, I mean that that that's such a when you when you read the gospels or I mean really if you read all of scripture, but specifically yeah. Jesus often will talk about um, you know, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Yes, it's, it's Jesus. Right. Uh, Jesus' prayer in the garden in John seventeen, but I, but it's not just that. I mean, if you look at you know, First John is is just filled with you know whoever whoever says they love God but does not love their brother or sister, they they're a liar. Um, you know, love has to be the first thing, and and even when when Jesus is asked what is the what is the greatest commandment and Jesus gives the two he yeah. gives the you know love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself we in america we think of first and second as as most important and lesser of importance right. But I've been so challenged on that that it's Good. it's not that number one, not that you should separate it. Like, oh, if I have to choose, I'm gonna choose loving God over but but the they're they're inseparable, I think. Yes, they are. And and you I was challenged years ago to rethink that as when you love your neighbor, it is an outpouring of your love for God. You worship God by your love for Thanks. other people. Good. And I think it's so littered throughout Jesus' uh, teaching that we can be so 
we can get so focused on our personal private relationship with Jesus. Um, we can get so focused on going to heaven when we die and preparing ourselves. We almost become spiritual preppers um, <laughs> that we miss the, the central importance of, of love that is so at the core of what Jesus calls us to do and who Jesus calls us to be that, that without it, we are, we are severely missing um, something beautiful and something profound. And, and that is, that is, I think is the thing that unites the three of us has been this kind of, we've stumbled onto uh, to this idea of, of love has to be the central thing, love for God that drives our love for others. Yeah, right. uh, because I, uh, I'm blanking on on where it is. I know it's in John, uh, the new command that I give to you, um, to love, to love one another, not as you love yourself, but to love one another as I have loved you. So you are to love. You're right. That's John 15. I should have known that's, that. That's <laughs> meant, but that's yeah. that's the new commandment. Yes, because the old commandment you mentioned it. Yes, from Deuteronomy. But the new commandment. Yes, is love one another as I have loved you. I'm the first to say, I don't know. I can't do. I don't know how to do that. Because he laid he laid down his life. It's all about the other, yep. and that's what he's calling us to. That is that is the new commandment that he talked about in, in John the Gospel, but also First John, mm. the new commandment. Mm. So Lord, help us. Amen. Amen. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of our first ever uh, Worship as One podcast. Uh, we are hoping, uh, we don't have a clear schedule yet, but we're hoping to do this at least a couple times a month, um, if not weekly. Uh, so please make sure um, that you subscribe to the podcast. We're going to be having an audio only version of this going up. Um, we're going to be on uh, Facebook at Worship as One Plattsburgh, um, as well as we're going to start a YouTube uh, page. So there's going to be several ways uh, to be in touch with us. Please uh, subscribe. Um, like and share. Uh, we want to be able to be in touch with you. We're going to be developing, um, hopefully down the road, a website. We're going to be developing a web presence. Um, but we would love to hear from you. Um, our Facebook page is live. Um, so if you um, if you would send us any questions that you might have on on any of these things, on, on unity, on building unity, on, on, on developing strategies, on how you can uh, be a part of of building unity in Plattsburgh. This is not something that we want to just be three congregations. Um, the, the podcast might just be three guys around a table, um, but we want to bring in, um, we'd love to bring in guests. Um, we want to bring in um, a, a multiplicity of, of backgrounds and opinions. I have several thoughts in my mind as far as bringing people in to have conversations, whether it's uh, in person or, um, or using the, the beauty of technology but we'd love uh, to have you join us on this journey. Um, if you're not even in Plattsburgh, this is not a Plattsburgh specific um, because though we though we will talk about some, some Plattsburgh region specific concepts, uh, we hope that this has a reach beyond uh, Plattsburgh. So please um, share this, subscribe, like this, um, and reach out to us. We'd love uh, to have you join us on this. But until then, uh, my name is Jordan. I am with my good friends, Don and Jesse. This has been the Worship as One podcast, and we will talk to you next time. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.